Welcome to the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. Maximize your leadership potential and professional advancement and be inspired. We're delighted to be your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development from a women in business perspective. We share our original research, explore industry and workforce trends, and interview female executives, allies, and thought leaders from across the globe. Join us for practitioner-oriented content around all things women in business, leadership challenges, talent management, organizational development, change management, and diversity and inclusion. Welcome to the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. In this WBIL podcast episode, Angela Schill talks with Atia Black about developing resiliency as a leader. Tia Black, thank you so much for joining us today, all the way from Chicago for our podcast. We're so excited to get to know you. I'm, I've am i been looking forward to this for a long time, so thank you. Thanks, Angela. Me as well. I'm very honored when you reached out to me saying that I'd been selected and would I'd like to be involved. I, like I said, was very honored, so thanks for having me. Well, it is an honor to have you here. You come highly recommended. And just first off the bat, if you'd like to talk In your position, you can share a little bit more about what you do. And when you think of yourself as a leader, uh, what from your own life has made you resilient as you are going doing what you do? So my life is um, normal and not normal. I um, grew up in Southern Utah and got married fairly young, but then all of my other friends were having babies and having children and I was still working. I um, struggled having my son. So I became a mom a little bit later in life and, um, you know, life throws challenges at you, but realizing the challenges, um, in my life were actually opportunities for success and for growth. So, um, about 10 years ago, I found myself in a very interesting situation. Um, you know, fast forward a little bit, I finally had my son and he and I were living with my grandmother in St. George who she was one of my most favorite people in the whole world. And uh, the challenging situation was I was now single mom looking for somewhere to live and how to take care of my son and I, and my grandma was being put on hospice and kind of sent home to enjoy the rest of her life. And we just didn't know how long it was. So the opportunity to spend some wonderful, cherished last years of my life with a woman that I looked up to and loved so much, but also finding myself in a position where now I've got to figure out as a woman and a mother, how am I going to support my son and myself in a way that was going to put us in good situations and places for my son to have a good education and to live a good life. And so at that time I'm at my grandma's house. I remember sitting down at my desk and like, you know, your head in your hands going, what am I going to do? How am I going to figure this out? I thought, well, let's start out. Where do I want to be? Like, what, 
do I want my life to look like in 10, 15, 20 years? And so I started way out at my end goal and kind of calculated it back and then said, okay, what is my first step? And I just took that next step. And so over time, um, uh, on my plan, I've just, you know, you come through challenges and things, but if I would ever come up ac across a challenge that I felt overwhelmed, I'd stop and say, what is my next step? I don't have to do that end goal. I just have to do my next step. And so um, the resilience came with being able to focus on what is going on right now so that in the long run, I can create that end goal. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I was perfect. I'm very far from perfect. Um, like I said, over the years, life's given me a lot of challenges. Um, but one of the things that keeps me moving is what's my next step and then take it. So um, I'm not viewed as in, at least in my opinion, as a leader in the way of, you know, I'm saying you know, amazing things and giving these wonderful speeches and telling people this is how you do it. I'm more seen by my peers as a leader in my everyday life and um, just the way I live my life and the decisions that I and choices that I make in living. To me, that's such a beautiful and more powerful way to be a leader. I think, you know, that very obvious leader is needed in the world in, in many forms and they can be inspiring. But I think the everyday quiet people putting their heads down, making those decisions like what you have done. And then when we see those people in the in the world, whether it's colleagues or neighbors or friends or family or strangers, those are the people that make a difference. Those are the people that change us. And just hearing your story right now, I feel so inspired because it's it's given me an idea for what I would like to do in my life to have kind of that to have, be more conscientious of that end goal. And the way that I heard you explain it, it kind of felt like a safety net almost. You went and planned this, looking at that end goal and then worked backwards and had this plan in place. And then by doing that, you could focus on the here and now and kind of have that safety net of knowing that was out there, but you didn't have to worry about it. And to me, that that's inspiring. That's something I need to do. <laughs> So it's, that's incredible. And I, but I do think that those are the kinds of leaders that, that make a huge impact. What did you end up doing from there? This is kind of going off script of some of the things we we're talking about, but I'm curious as you went through that process, what did you, what ended up happening? How did you, is, do you know what I, I appreciate you asking? Yeah. So, um, I need to know uh, the story. Uh, <laughs> the rest uh, yeah. of the story. <laughs> So my grandma ended up passing away and it was a beautiful experience. I, I like still cherish it today, like being there with her and holding her hand and just very precious. And, and even now I absolutely love her and, and her example, she was another woman in my life who led other people by example as well. And so I ended up moving up to Orem, Utah. And next to another one of my favorite women, my sister, mm -hmm. and she and I um, raised our kids in the same elementary school. And I went to work full time and uh, working for a data and analytics company in software, selling software up in Northern Utah. And my sister would watch my son after school. 
And because she was there to support me and help me do that, I was able to work full time and and um, move on in my career, which is where um, I kind of got introduced to Kelly and and how this whole thing has played out. Um, but being able to make that transition and have the support of my sister behind me and and um, women in general, you know, like having women behind me that are supporting me knowing, okay, I've got that safety net again. If, if I need something, I can call this person or that person or um, while I, you know, go to work and take care of my son and I. So um, moved up into that company and started at the ground level, started doing phone sales and working and really just hit the ground running. I, I had goals in mind and I was there to achieve them. So in the first couple of months there, I started hitting sales goals and transitioned, moving myself up through the company. And while I did that, I um, was still had in mind, what's my next step? What's my goal? And one of those goals was to progress in the company and, and grow into leadership. And so um, I, I did, I started to grow up and transition up into leadership and, and better roles in the company. Uh, but while I did that, I quietly watched for other women coming in. Um, we know sales is inherently a men's company and mm -hmm. the ratio is definitely skewed, not in our favor. And so I wanted to help elevate other women in sales what that came in. So um, I met one, one of our um, other sales women came in and she, her name's Veronica. I absolutely love her. She and I are still good friends. She, uh, I, I kind of reached out to her and said, Hey, is there anything you need? Can I help you with anything? And I did it to several women. And, um, there were a few that leaned into that and wanted to find the help and utilize the help so that we could kind of work together at the company, um, and seek ways that we could leverage and support each other there. So kind of a long, long-winded way of how that transitioned yeah. me from, you know, living at my grandma's house to now being more in business and in leadership role. Right. That's fat. That's fascinating to me. And it's so inspiring from the standpoint of we hear sometimes, um, women feeling this sense of, like you said, this, you're in a, a, a world where men are in sales or whatever we're the, um, the minority and mm -hmm. to have, to find allies with other women and to support each other instead of, an idea of competition is a, is a huge example of leadership and what we can do to, to get ground, to get some ground and strength and support one another. And that helps the company that helps everyone to have that. Yeah. So interestingly enough, um, there's a study that was done by the S and P, um, 1500 that's mm -hmm. two decades long and wow. it, I know. Amazing. It shows that a, if a woman breaks through the um, glass ceiling and is put into a leadership role, women in the company are 50% less likely to be elevated to that level. However, if the CEO is a woman, their ads, their odds increase. So um, what they related that to is when women elevate other women we make our chances, we, we help each other grow in larger ways. Exactly. It's really impactful. There's a lot of studies that have been done by that as well as right. uh, a similar study that they did, um, spoke about how the, the companies that had women on their leadership or, um, boards 
were financially did financially did better than mm -hmm. um all, all men boards so i mean that's what i was thinking about when as you were talking about this that everyone there's progress for everyone when this occurs yes amazing. yeah and it's not just in you know feelings or whatever there's hard data to prove yes. that as well yeah. so yep I, I wish I could remember the study. I had I had read one that talked about it was in policymaking that when they brought women into the conversation that the discussions took longer, there was more thought, and but they also made more progress and there were more positive benefits at the end of that. So there was more critical thinking going on. That's what yeah. it amounted to. I think I read the, I think I read the same one. They mentioned yeah. that women would show up having read all the notes to the board meeting <laughs> and, and the men started showing up, having all read, read all the notes and right. they were making much more progress because then the men were like, crap, I got to show up. These women are prepared. Gotta show <laughs> up prepared. Well, what's great about that is that we, we help each other. We become allies instead of competitors. And I think that's the point of this is that we want to see everyone succeed regardless of gender. Right. But then to acknowledge that we come with our strengths and we support each other as well. Yes, so, absolutely. It and really, I, isn't it? It is. I love these studies. We could. We need to do another podcast with just our studies. Let's plan that one. <laughs> I would love to. There's actually a. Um, I'm sure you've heard of it of him, Adam Grant. He's written several books, um, but I listened to a podcast called Power Moves. Well, it's not a podcast. I think it's a book, like a small book or something. Mm -hmm. that he read, but it's called Power Moves. Okay. And chapter three in that is called Powerful Women. And I've listened to that several times over the last 10 years. And obviously different things jump out to me at different times. Right. But he does um, mention those studies that, that we were just talking about, as well as um, something that I felt was really impactful. It said men are more confident, but women are more competent. Mm. Yes. So that goes along with what you're saying, how when, when we uh, lean on each other, we definitely elevate. Right. Oh, that's powerful. Okay. For our listeners again, can you tell us the author and the name of that book? Yes. The book is called Power Moves okay. by Adam Grant. Adam Grant. And okay. if you want to hear the chapter um, that I was referring to, it's chapter three called okay. Powerful Women. Okay. We'll put that in the notes as well. Um. Moving on and talking about your 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 in the workplace in your life in the world, how have your difficult and exhilarating experiences led you to support others in making progress in the business world? And we've touched upon this, but is there anything else that comes to mind? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, I very early became early on became aware that um as a woman when women do well and tend to have confidence they um are seen negatively both by men and women um and so i had to find ways to show up and be non-threatening right also do my best work and have a, the best attitude so sometimes that would correlate in understanding i'm going to have to show up and do double the work it's just, it's just known. I'm going to have to work harder to get the same opportunity, or I'm going to have to, um, offer to do more things like there's committees and they need people to help in this committee and that committee and that committee. And I'm going to have to stretch myself pretty thin, but being willing to help and be seen 
was huge for me because I was in a man's world. And if I could make right. my face clean more and more, they were going to see that Atia's, you know, willing to do the hard work and she's willing to, to put in the time and effort. And so that I feel like made a big impact in giving myself opportunities because I was out there enough and having conversations and learning more and more and more so that when it came down to giving opportunities, my name was, you know, in the running as I'd been there. So coming back to talking about the way that you supported and, and helped others make progress in the world, but also you had to work twice as hard and then paid, paid the price to then be to be in the running for opportunities and for advancement. Is that, did I get that right? In yeah. a small nutshell. Mm-hmm. So um, what I know is that when others talk about you, they often mention ways in which you create a community where everyone, regardless of background, culture, ideas, they feel safe, accepted, and valued. So what are the things, this is magic here. What are the things that you do to make that happen? Um, I I do get told that. And, you know, I really, I really appreciate that people see me that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I try really hard to live authentically. Um, like I mentioned before, there's a lot of challenges that I faced in my life and I didn't ever sugarcoat it. I didn't ever want to pretend like it wasn't what it was or that, you know, life was easy. And I, you know, often I, I didn't live an Instagram life. (laughs) Um, I've been willing to share my vulnerabilities and my authenticity, um, and be myself. So sometimes that comes off, um, being a little quirky or a little awkward sometimes, but we're all awkward and we all like when you're vulnerable and authentic, people tend to, to, uh, lean into that and, and really personalize and relate to that. And that's important to me. I want to make those connections that are real. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I people that can hold themselves together and keep it all straight, and I mean, I wish I could be those people, but I'm just <laughs> not. And um, I tend to find the people who are outliers and want to get to know them and and what makes them who they are. Mm. So the things about me, I, I just I'm different. I I don't want to, I mean, not that I don't want to, but I, I just understand myself that I'm not somebody that is a leader in the limelight. I, I tend to just do my own thing and, and, and people are drawn to my authenticity, I guess. And, and also my quirkiness. And, you know, sometimes when I do become awkward, I just can make it a good joke and everybody (laughs) else would laugh. So (laughs) laughing makes everything better, right? Right. (laughs) I so love that. I think there's such a freedom in being authentic and being willing to be weird and awkward and laugh about it and to sometimes call it what it is. And I think it gives other people permission to let go and to kind of drop the facade where there's pressure and then to make those connections that you talk about. And I think that maybe that is part of your gift and being able to find those outliers, the people that need extra support or just somebody who doesn't care if they're awkward, that can relate to that awkwardness in a way even. And then it creates just, again, it's, it's a community where diversity is welcomed and absolutely right. And not just welcomed, but encouraged. And then there are huge benefits in that. So I think that's something 
I think that's something that I, I would love to be able to implement more in my life to have that authenticity and for our listeners as well to just think about how our ways in our own workplaces can, can we do this more that we can be more open and warm and inviting and then see those people on the out on the outskirts as well. That's, that's well, Angela, I, I do want to challenge you in my experience. <laughs> you have been that way. You've been very open and honest and, and really great to work with. And, and so I would, I want to challenge the fact that you are that way as well. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that so much. That's, I really, I do admire that in you. So that's it. That's an honor. And so kind of piggybacking on this, when you have people that you're working with that need support, you have colleagues that need support and they need to be successful and learning new skills. As a leader, what have you done? What strategies have you implemented to help that happen? So like I mentioned before, I'll kind of watch. You can kind of see the outliers in, you know, maybe somebody's um, really lagging in, you know, KPIs at work, or they just continually come in in a bad mood, or, you know, you can, you can always tell when something's off. Mm -hmm. And being leaning into that, you know, asking them questions. Hey, what's going on? What, what are you working on lately? Yeah. Um, what are you most excited about? Maybe trying to put a positive spin on something, but sometimes really just, you know, leaning into the, I can tell you're having a hard time. Tell me what's challenging, what's going on and, and asking questions, being curious, how can I help you? What, what can we do to make this easier in your life? Um, and then connecting people. Um, finding the right people to connect them with that can help them facilitate what they're trying to accomplish. Um, I often now have people in my, um, I, I've since worked from working in Utah, moved to Chicago for another job. And um, since then I have often had people reach out to me asking me for, Hey, what about this? Or do you remember when you worked with this person on that? And now I'm able to really connect people yeah. in ways that I never realized I would be able to do and, and getting those, uh, um, helping people build the, the connections to make their job easier and better has been very fulfilling for me. I would, I would think so, because, you know, when you make, when you become a connector like that, and people know they can go to you and find those resources. That's just like a gigantic boulder that keeps getting bigger and bigger and pulling more people in. And it's, I mean, that's how we got, we got to you. And so it's, it's, I love that. Um, what things have made, oh, we already talked about this a little bit. Are there any other things you have read that have made a difference for you in being a leader? And how have you applied these things? Do you have so, any additional? Yes. Okay. There, there is another book that I read um, that really made a big difference to me. Um, it's called Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Okay. And, and this is really hard to do as a working mother, working single mother <laughs> for me, but as a lot of us women. You're not we're, alone. We're, I'm not. I There's so many of us. And we just think I, we have to be wonder woman, like bring it on. I got this like sleep. What's that? Like, and in reading this book, it helped me understand that I can um, do less, but still be better. And one of the biggest, most impactful things I learned from that book is saying no. So I can say yes. 
So mm. deciding what I'm going to say yes to, and if something gets in the way, I need to say no. And uh, leveraging that. The other thing in the book that taught me to say no was they had like specific um, experiences of maybe this would happen or maybe that would happen and how to literally say no. One of the most impactful things was no, period. Mm-hmm. Not explain. And I'm an overtalker. I like share way too much information. I, you know, just no. I was just listening to a podcast probably two days ago where a woman said she struggled with this in, in her life, in her, in the business world that she always needed to give a reason. And so she started practicing saying no without any explanation or justification and how she lived with guilt from that, that she still struggles with that, but she's getting better. And so it's so fascinating to hear you bring this same concept up of being able to say no. And then how do you leverage that? You talked about leveraging, leveraging that so that you can say yes. What does that look like for you? For example, um, you know, end goals, what do I want in, you know, those 10 years? Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't line up with that goal, then I don't need to do it, even though it sounds fun or like, for example, I just got asked to go to an event and meet a new potential um, big customer in Boston mm-hmm. in February. And I also have an opportunity to travel and see my son back in Utah. So I really want to go to Boston. I've never been, but that's a no. Got it. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What does that remind me of? I just heard a quote recently that I keep trying to remember right, but it was, for, I think it's a Stephen R. Covey quote. And he says, don't schedule your priorities, prioritize your schedule or is Ooh. it the other way around? But anyway, you get yeah. the, yeah. So it sounds like that's what you just did with, you're going to see your son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing I'll point out, and I don't know if you want to clip this out and put the other one in, but well, yeah, <laughs> we'll do whatever we get, we get yeah. to do yeah. whatever makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, um, one of the ways that I say no, so I can say yes is um, I say no to taking on too much mm-hmm. so I can give myself time in the morning to really sit and ponder and plan my day and decide what I'm going to do and, and really be, um, strategic about what mm-hmm. my day looks like and what's going to happen. Does that always happen? No. Does that usually <laughs> happen? No. <laughs> However, my intentions are there. I've already sat with it and thought through what do I want to make happen here? I love that. I think that, I I think that's a good, a a powerful takeaway in looking at our lives as women, as leaders, as people that are hopefully supporting other people in our lives, in the workplace and in general um, is what do, okay. My brain's gotten ahead of me, but just this, taking this time to prioritize kind of folding all those pieces back in together of what's the end goal? What is my why? What are my priorities? And then how can I walk forward with that in mind and then be in the present moment and make decisions based on that? And I think that's the big takeaway that I've learned from just talking with you for the 30 minutes today that we've spoken. Yeah, well, if that's, if I can give you any type of advice. That's what I would give you. Decide what you want in life and take the next step to make that happen every day. 
inspiring and powerful. And it's such an honor to be able to speak with you today. It's been enlightening. And I hope that our listeners have have gained some of those those nuggets of wisdom that you've shared. I hope that they that they will be able to take some of that and implement it. I know I will. So thank you for taking the time today to speak with us. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Women in Business Impact Lab podcast. We hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Thank you.